ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Friday, January 27th. It's ready to kick off your weekend here with The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're going to open up the text line for you this hour. It's 304 396 talk 304 396 8255. We got a lot to unpack today as the Marshall men lost in double overtime to ULM 86 to 82. We'll get Dan D'Antoni's reaction to the loss later on this hour. The good news is Marshall's women won at ULM. It was a mirror schedule. And the Thundering Herd found a way to win again, 61-59. to So congratulations to Tony Kemper and his squad. We'll hear from Coach Kemper later, but not about the game. No, Coach Kemper and I have this ongoing rivalry. He is a Kansas City fan. I am a Cincinnati Bengals fan. So our rivalry continues, and I had an opportunity to, to put him on the spot about the matchup. So when I was at his presser earlier this week, I had a chance to to really ask him the tough questions. So we're going to hear all of that. And I've got a special guest coming up. It's alumni night tomorrow. Marshall back in action against Georgia State. That's a 7 o'clock tip. The game is here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. But it's local heroes night and it's alumni night. So that means... Guys like, I hear Austin Loop's going to be there. I hear Rondell Watson's going to be there. J.R. Van Hoos is going to be there. And so J.R. Van Hoos will be on this very program about 545. So we're going to talk to him about coming back, maybe giving some inspirational words to the team. It's alumni night opportunity for you to maybe get some photos with your favorite alumnus. Looking forward to it. So we had that question a few days ago. Who was your favorite alumnus? And a lot of people picked different players. I got something after the show. Someone texting me and saying that we forgot. And I I didn't do this on purpose, but we forgot Jansen Williams. And my response was, no, we didn't forget him. Just no one put him up there to say that he was their favorite. We like Jansen. He just wasn't picked by anyone as their personal favorite. And the fact that he left Marshall, now players come and go, right? But he left Marshall. So I'm sure a lot of people maybe scratched him off the list a little bit. I still like him. But he wasn't on my list. Rondell Watson's on my list. And I'll take Rondell over most of the guys that are out there because I just loved his effort. Came off the bench, and when he came off the bench, he definitely made his presence felt. And so he's going to be there tomorrow. I think we're going to try to – we're actually going to try to get him – we're going to sync it up. We're going to try to get him on with us tomorrow during our pregame when we're back at the Cam Henderson Center. And if you weren't with us yesterday for our show, it was great. We were at the Henderson Center. We got to talk to – one, John Mercer came over because Marshall Tennis beat 
Kentucky. So it was easy for John to come over. I wanted to talk to him. And then we talked to Landau Eugene Murphy Jr. He was on. He sang the national anthem. I thought that was cool. And we also had a chance to talk to one of Marshall's soon-to-be all-time greats, right? If not already, she's close. Marshall University softball pitcher Sydney Nestor. She's going to be inducted into her high school's Hall of Fame. And talking to her yesterday, it was a pretty big deal to be in this Hall of Fame. And I wish I would have asked her how her parents felt about this because she said during the interview that you know her parents would talk about it and they knew about it before she did. And so I should have asked, and I wish I would have, asked that simple question, hey, how do your parents feel about this since they've talked about this so much so they know about it? So maybe I'll get the opportunity here after she gets in and maybe get a sort of a, a recap of how that went. So I'm looking forward to that in the future. So we're going to break down the Marshall loss against. I thought that ULM was a good team. I thought Marshall should have beat them. But Marshall did not. So I'm not taking anything away from ULM. Marshall should have won that game. Marshall had opportunities. The overtimes, there were opportunities to to win that, and Marshall just wasn't able to take advantage of that. Missing some free throws down the stretch. Ball handling issues. Second chance points really killed the herd. 22-6 to in favor of ULM. The rebounding that was a number that we thought Marshall usually wins that battle. But ULM had 21 offensive boards and Marshall only 10. And ULM had 37 defensive boards. Marshall had 27. So it was a 58-37 mismatch on the boards in favor of ULM. The three-point shot, 14 of 36 for ULM. That's Dan D'Antoni numbers, right? They shot as a team 38.9%. That kind of floats around where Dan would like Marshall to shoot. They were 5 of 13 in the first half, 6 of 15 in the second half. Not so hot in the third period, whatever you want to call it, the first overtime. Statistically, it's, it's listed as third half, fourth half. But... And the first overtime, it was one of four shooting for them from the three-point line. And in the fourth or the second overtime, two of four. Marshall, on the other hand, no three-point shots in the first overtime. And in that second overtime, two of six. But Marshall shot one of seven in the second half from the three-point line. Five of 13 in the first half. Tavion Kinsey. 28 points, Camden Kerfman had 15, Micah Hanlogdon had 10, Andrew Taylor had 17 points. Uh, Hanlogdon also had 14 rebounds, so he had a double-double. Jacob Connor had 7 points, he was 3-11 shooting. Turnovers, Andy had 4, Tavion had 4 turnovers, Jacob Connor had 2, David Early had a turnover. Uh, Micah also had five steals, so he had a solid night. I thought Camden Kerfman had a solid night. Tavion, 10 of 21 from the field, 6 of 10 from the free throw line, 
two of four from the three-point arc. 28 points there. But you look at those numbers, and, and rebounding killed the herd. Second chance points killed the herd. Some costly turnovers. How many points did Marshall have off of turnovers? 22. But that wasn't enough. ULM had 12 points. But at one point, Marshall led by nine at one point. That was the largest lead for Marshall. They led by nine with 18 minutes and nine seconds to go. And they couldn't hang on to that. There were opportunities for them to put it away. They could not get the deal closed. And so it was um, it was a good crowd. The announced attendance was 4,931. I've seen larger crowds, but still that's a solid number for the Thundering Herd. Saturday's a sellout. Hopefully that's going to be even a, a louder atmosphere. And I hope a lot of fans don't give up on the team and show up. I mean, this is to say a, a setback for the Thundering Herd falling out of the top spot. So now Southern Miss and Louisiana, those are the two teams occupying the top spot in the league. So we'll break this one down further when we continue. We'll hear from Dan D'Antoni. We'll take your text, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We're going to hear from Tony Kemper later. J.R. Van Hoos is going to check in with us. We're going to talk about the upcoming game. It is also alumni night, so that's going to be cool. Get a chance to see some of your favorite players from yesteryear at the Henderson Center. That should be fun. Maybe you can introduce your kids to those players you've been talking about so much. Back in my day when J.R. Van Hoos played. Well, here's J.R. Van Hoos to introduce your kid to. So it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. But that's what we've got in store for you. I appreciate you listening in today on your drive home or wherever you may be or whenever you may be listening I'm your host, Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Friday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of today's show. I appreciate you being here. I know it was a tough loss yesterday for the Thundering Herd. We're going to dive right into it. We've got comments from Dan Dan Tony. And yesterday, I knew Danny was a little upset. I listened to him talk to Steve yesterday, and he was just not happy. And that tone seemed to carry over when he went up to the media room to talk to uh, the members of the press, the media, about this one. And I knew what Dan would talk about before he even got in there. I circled a few things, and he did talk about it. First of all, he talked about point-off turnovers. More importantly, though, he talked about second-chance points. He talked about rebounding. He went through the list, but... The one thing that was certain when you listen to Coach talk about the loss yesterday, he gave credit to ULM, but he felt that the team that went out and beat Marshall was Marshall. I thought the best defender of us was ourselves. You know, I, we should have won regulation, should have won the first overtime, should have won the second overtime. And we just did things that uh, 
can't do, you know. We made mistakes. It hurt us that Obina did not play uh, into the ball game in the two overtimes. We depend on him a little bit for some defensive part and rebounding. We were a little weak. Uh, but still, we, we sat down in front of a three, which we had told them not to do. Went to meet the ball, told him to wrap it up, and they don't knock it loose. You know, it's just, it happens. But uh, we have to regroup. We have to get ready and go tomorrow and see what we can do. Or Saturday, excuse me. Got to regroup. And the things that I talked to you about, I highlighted second chance points. That's a big one. 22 second chance points for ULM compared to only 12. I'm sorry, only six. Six second chance points for the Thundering Herd. So Marshall wasn't getting rebounds and Marshall wasn't getting the opportunity to put the ball back. And that is something that, according to Coach, killed the Thundering Herd. Kills. Just absolutely kills. We were on the left foot. Wrong foot every time. I, I, we didn't play with the intensity and focus, mental focus. There were all the loose balls and the second chance. They wanted it more than we did, and they showed it, and they went out and got it. you got to give them credit for that. Uh, uh, they did a good job doing that. You can see uh, we got to learn how to play as the hunted, not the hunter. And you can see how happy they were beating us. And they came in here wanting to win, and we got a team that's probably the best shooting team all around. In the conference outside, you got JMU and you got uh, Louisiana. But they're right there with the numbers. So two guards that can light you up. So we didn't do the things we got to do. And we still had, like I said, we were our best defenders right there at the end of both overtimes. We should have, of the first two overtimes, we should have won the ball game. I agree with him. Marshall should have won in the first overtime. Marshall let it get away from them in the second overtime and that was one of the questions that was asked talking about looking how uh, the game ended late Marshall had to go into overtime with Arkansas State so there have been some lapses as of late and the question was asked to Dan about what's been causing that Dan was pretty frank he said he didn't know (laughs) if I knew that we wouldn't have done it uh I don't know. We told them uh, on the way out what to do. You got to do it. I don't know. You know, they have to ask him. One, you know, we have uh, Obina's is not there. He's a freshman. Sit down. You know, and you know we were debating for all you. Let's file them, and so they go to the foul line. But you know, we but the debate was we we they missed free throws and got the rebounds. They were killing us there. So I didn't want to take that chance. Make one, get the rebound. And so, you know, I thought we could stay up on them, and we just sat down for some reason. And, uh, you know, that's experience will take that away from that young man. Now, he'll get better at that. It probably won't happen to him again. Uh, the other one uh, had the ball out of bounds, two-point lead. Set our three players, three guards, told them to run through the pass, grab a hold up, they're going to foul you. And they were a little loose with it, knocked it loose, and they scored. Now, what do I do? Myself, I don't know that I can. You know, if I'm out there, maybe as a player, I might. But uh, as a coach, you know, I've always said players win games. It's not the coaches. Players win games, and they have to accept that responsibility. And I think they will. 
I mean, they're still 17-5. That's a hell of a good record. we got to recover and come back on Saturday. Players win the games, not the coach. So, Dan, not sure, doesn't have really an answer to some of these. I think experience, maybe. If I was going to offer up a, an informed opinion, I think experience plays a little bit into that. Dan mentioning that this team's got to get used to being the the team that is hunted. So when you're you're chasing the prize, you have a different mindset. So when you have the prize or when you're on top, it's different because there you're you're on top. You have the high ground. Well, you gotta you gotta defend the high ground. So if you're the top team in the league, you you gotta know that teams are gonna come in and come after you, give you the best shot possible. And so this team's going to have to learn how to lead from the front, not be the team that's always hunting. And maybe you got to have that killer instinct, that mentality. I think that'll come with experience with some of these players. But you have some experience on this team now. You should have that killer mentality. You know, we all know Michael Jordan would give himself reasons to be mad put chip on his shoulder to motivate himself. We, we all know that. And so this team has got to get to the point where it doesn't matter if you're the top team in the league or if you're chasing the top team in the league. you got to have that same intensity. And you got to put teams away. When you have an opportunity to do that, you have to put teams away. And Marshall had opportunities to put this team away. Uh, now, Marshall did not have an answer for Jamari Blackman. 35 points, 10 of 20 from the field, 8 of 15 from the three-point line. Get in his face. He was 7 of 9 from the free throw line. Hit eight rebounds, turned the ball over five times, had three steals. He was out there 50 minutes. He was out there the full time. Him and Tavion Kinsey, the two players, uh, one from each team, out there 50 minutes. But you know, when he's making threes, get in his face. Got to get a little closer to him. You got to make sure that he can't get those off, especially with the success he was having. Eight of fifteen. Tyreek Lecure was their other three-point weapon, five of eleven. So you know that if Blackman's going to be putting them up, you might want to get a little closer to him. Yeah, Camden Kerfman was the only. Well, Tavion was two of four, but Kerfman was three of six from the three-point line. Jacob Connor, one of eight. I would encourage him not to take that shot. Not taking that shot would probably be a good thing for his game early on. I mean, if you're if you're Andrew Taylor, you're one of three, okay. And he's not chucking them up there all night. If you're David Early, you miss a couple, okay, he was out there five minutes. If you're Wyatt Fricks, you throw one up, okay. But if you're one of eight, I don't think you're going to shoot your way out of that one. So shot selection, definitely important to me. Now, I get it. That's the offense you run. You know, If it's open, it looks good, you can take it. But I would have liked to have seen my shooter shoot a little bit more. And you got to keep Obina and Achille Killen on the court. 24 minutes tonight. He had three points. He was one of five from the field, one of two from the three-point line. Now, I cringe every time I see him take a three. He, 
accounted for, when he was out there, for six rebounds. Five on the defensive glass, only one on the offensive side. But he fouled out. He fouled out, and you need him out there more than 24 minutes. So that was a big, big loss for the Thundering Herd. And speaking of losses, the question was asked of Dan D'Antoni, how do these players move past this loss? And uh, I don't think Dan really had words of wisdom when that question was asked. You're a player, right? Okay, it's going to hurt. I'm going to feel like crap all night tonight. And I'm sure our players will. I'm sure a lot of our fans will. And that's part of this game. That's the beauty of it in one way. And it keeps you alive. You got to know how to take wins and you got to know how to take losses. If you're going to play in this game or coach this game, you're going to lose something. You got to know how to do it. You know, it's not the first loss like that to a team that's really, really good. So we got to come back. We'll regroup tomorrow. Can't do a lot physically, but we'll look at the film, look at our mistakes, try to get better, come back with a little bit better focus. I just felt like. The whole ball game, our focus wasn't good. Now, why? I don't know. You know, we hadn't changed anything or done anything different than we've done all year long. So, if you can you can figure out why, let me know. Call in, tell me. I, I listen, but I won't probably listen a lot because I don't think anybody knows. You know, that's now. It's easy. If I were assistant coach, I always knew. You know, I always knew exactly what to do, and I won every day on game. I never lost. Slide 16 inches and see how brilliant you are. Sometimes you're the dumbest guy in the room. So uh, it just has to do, it's, that's the nature of the game. And you know what? You play it hard. These kids played hard. We had a great crowd. I really appreciate them coming. Stay with us. We're still in the thick of things, and we'll battle this season out. Dan D'Antoni, if you've got suggestions, let him know. He might take them. He might not. But that's the head coach. Marshall will hopefully bounce back on Saturday, taking on Georgia State. It is local heroes night, and it's alumni night. That means we'll see some of the all-time greats and some fan favorites in the mix as well for the Thundering Herd. J.R. Van Hoos joins us later on this hour. We'll talk to him about alumni night and coming back to Marshall for this season. When we continue, we'll update you on what's happening with the Herd today, and we'll get a matchup breakdown between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs from Tony Romo Kemper, the head coach of the Marshall basketball team for the women. Tony Romo Kemper. He'll break it down with his inside analysis of this matchup between Cincinnati and Kansas City when we continue on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Here in the next few minutes, we're going to check in with one of the all-times, Greats, you say all time a lot. You got to make sure you qualify that all time what? Well, all time greats, obviously. J.R. Van Hoos. It's alumni day Saturday at the game, Marshall and Georgia State. So we're going to talk to him here in the next segment, but we're going to get you caught up on what's happening with the herd today. Uh, soccer mostly today fills the fills the airwaves with news. First of all. Gabriel Alves, 
signing with the Birmingham Legion FC out of the USL Championship. So more feathers in the cap, I would say, for Marshall soccer coach and all-around nice guy, Chris Grassy. He's also going to be happy today because the college spring league, it's coming back. There are going to be three pool games, and Marshall will be involved with a home matchup against Xavier on March 25th, and there's going to be two away games. That will be Ohio State on April 1st and Louisville on April 8th. Marshall won the whole thing last spring, so hoping to get back at it again and win another I'll say this, Coach loves trophies, so this is another trophy to play for, and uh, he likes the spring soccer. I think he's on to something here, so we'll get Coach Grassy back on soon to talk more about this. Of course, there's another kind of football being played on Sunday. you got the NFC and the AFC championships. Um, We've got the games, by the way. We're your exclusive radio home for the games, so if you want to listen to the games this Sunday – and you don't know where to tune, you've got two options. You've got this station right here, which is uh, ESPN 94.1 and then AM 930. So you've got this collection. And then a little bit closer to Ironton, Ashland, Portsmouth, you've got Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. So we'll have the NFC and AFC championships coming up this weekend. And then no matter the opponents, we will have the Super Bowl. And we usually do that on all of our Kindred Communications stations. So we've got you covered. It's going to be Cincinnati and KC once again for the AFC championship. And I had a chance to speak to a well-known Kansas City fan and Marshall women's basketball coach Tony Romo Kemper. And Coach, when I cornered him earlier this week, broke down the situation for Kansas City. Well, you know, we got a high ankle sprain and a pretty important guy. Um, He needs mobility, I think, because that's when he's really good. We're talking about Patrick, my guy Patrick, obviously. Me and Paul and I go round and round this time of year because it's kind of become a rivalry. I thought you guys looked really good the other day. I mean, honestly, you ran the ball well. That's been a bugaboo for us, stopping the run. Um, so I'm a little worried about that. They say it was because of the snow, but I'm not sure I believe that. Um, we've got to stop the run. We've got to find a way to cover Jamar. He's absolutely torched us. Um, you know, they've been three good games, though, but we're 0-3. So we'll see. I'm surprised that we're favored, but we are. We're at home, I guess. It's going to be fun if we win. Going to be fun. That's what he said. Going to be fun if you win. And he even he even gave us a final score. I I don't know if I agree with this. Uh, we got to score a lot if we're going to win. I mean, we're, we're not going to – you guys are scoring around 30, I think, and so are we. So I think that kind of comes down to how mobile is Patrick. So I don't know. 30. 3027. 30-27. That's the score prediction from Tony Romo Kemper, Marshall's women's basketball coach. And I did ask him because it would have been 
not it, it would have been irresponsible of me. I, I had to. I had I had that responsibility to ask if the Mahomes injury will be the excuse for the loss to Cincinnati. I'm not sure I made excuses last time. Have I? <laughs> have I? I mean, I think it's a thing, right? I mean, he's, he's a lot different quarterback the other day than what he is for real. So, I mean, it, it's not – I think it's true. If he it does, isn't moving well, that changes our team. I guess you can call that an excuse. I hope when he hikes the ball and he takes off running that he's mobile, you know, because I think that helps us. So, excuse or not – we could, use, we could use a mobile Patrick. So should be fun, though. There's, I do think they're two obviously really good teams. I think the, um, what you guys did to the Bills, I didn't think you could do. Um, and not really, I was predicting, I thought it would be a good game. I think those three teams are the best in the AFC, and obviously the Eagles are playing pretty good. Yes, let's not forget the Eagles, or I would hear about it from the uh, the reporter from the Herald Dispatch, Luke Creasy, on the Eagles. That's my dream matchup there to be. Actually, no, it's not my dream matchup. Let me take that back. I want to see the Bengals win, and I want it to be the 49ers, only because there's a demon that I need to exercise, and I need that demon gone over with. I need the Bengals to beat the 49ers in a Super Bowl so I can finally be free of that. I want that over with. When we continue, one of the all-time greats, one of your favorites, J.R. Van Hoos. It's alumni night Saturday at the Marshall game against Georgia State. JR joins us on the other side of the break here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our final segment of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Tomorrow, it's a sold-out game, Marshall versus Georgia State. It is local heroes night. It's also alumni night. And I know already talking to a lot of you, you're excited to see some of your favorite players from yesteryear and one of the all-time greats, one of your all-time favorites is J.R. Van Hoos, and he's going to be there tomorrow, and he's with us now on the program. Uh, it's been a long while to talk to you, so good to talk to you again, J.R., and uh, it's going to be fun tomorrow. It's alumni night, and you get to come back home, see the herd, and uh, maybe give some advice to uh, Dan D'Antoni and the squad. Oh, listen, I don't, I, I don't know uh, if they need any advice. They've been doing pretty well, you know, except for the loss last night. Uh, you know, I, but uh, I'm always excited to come back and, and watch the guys play and, and uh, carry on that tradition. So this is something different. It's alumni night, so it's an opportunity for you to come back with a lot of players from uh, maybe around your time, a little bit before, maybe a little bit after. Uh, what's it mean to you to come back home for a night like this? Well, I mean, you know, like, like I said, it's uh, you know, it, it's always great to come back and, and uh, you know, be recognized and uh, be be with other former basketball players there, and, and uh, you know, we're all part of that history, and uh, you know, it, it's something that I appreciated when I played there. Uh, uh, Greg White would always bring in former players to uh, speak with us, and, and you know, we got to. Uh, meet a lot of the past greats. Hal Greer came by a lot. You know, I got to be great friends with Charlie Slack, uh, you know, Walt Wallowack and, and guys like that. And so, 
you know, to, to be able to be a part of this program and, and be a part of its history and, and come back and, and celebrate that. That's uh, you know, that's always a great time for sure. Is that what makes Marshall maybe a little bit more special than some other places uh, around the country? Because there is that appreciation for the history and, and there seems to be that brotherhood. You know, some of the new guys, maybe you know them, maybe you don't. They'll get to talk to you. You'll get to see some of the uh, younger faces and older faces as well. And, you know, maybe the current crop of players, um, they'll start to appreciate, if they don't already, the history of Marshall basketball. Well, you, you know, the, the, the history part's always always been something that fascinated me. And, you, you know, to, you know, to have that link with the past players and, and, and to be around the current players and, uh, you know, it's just something special. Uh, you know, it, it's always special when you get to be around people and, and, and those who appreciate the history of the sport. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, as a historian, of course, you know, I, I take, uh, you know, I've been taking deep dives in the, into the history of the Marshall basketball program and, and, uh, you know, been been working on some things that uh, that I hope to share in in the future with uh, with everybody. And and uh, you know, when you when you do stuff like that, when you dive into the past and start looking at uh, game game records and newspaper articles and things like that, it just it just makes being a part of that uh, being a part of the program so much more special. J.R. Van Hoos is with us, one of the all-time greats and probably one of the all-time favorite players of Marshall basketball. He will be on hand for alumni night. That is tomorrow, Marshall versus Georgia State. You said you're a fan of history. Where did you find that love of getting back into the records or going back into yesteryear and, and discovering and exploring all of that? Where did that love come from? Well, you know, I've I've always been in a uh, big history buff. You know, uh, American history just you know just a voracious reader and, and and somebody that just consumes a lot of history. I mean, I you know I'm I'm a high school history teacher now and have been for 20 years. And you know, uh, researching something else, I, I came across a, an old newspaper article about uh, uh, Pikeville College, which is a local college here in Eastern Kentucky. Um, playing playing a game against uh, Marshall University and and I was like well you know I I, I don't uh, I don't seem to recall that in the, in the record books and just happened to look and it and it was a game that hadn't been listed and so that just got me to think as well as you know if a game like that had had just been uh, mistakenly passed up you know what what are some other things that I could dive into and maybe uncover and so it's just been uh, it's been an interesting process to research some of the early uh, basketball seasons at Marshall and how it got started and the starts and stops and what brought those things about. And, you know, some of those early players that uh, people have long forgotten about and just uh, what, what made them very special and what, uh, you know, what made Marshall what it is today. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just, you know, all of that just fascinates me. I'm going to try to guess you, you hinted at some projects coming up. Is this a book possibly? Is there anything you, maybe you can hint at a little bit more to share? I, I mean, I have that in mind. I have that in mind, but I really don't know. I'm really unsure what this is going to turn into. Uh, you know, Steve Cotton and I have been talking about some stuff and, and he's been working on some things as well. And, 
uh, we've just really been comparing notes and, and, uh, and I've took it upon myself to, to dig even deeper. And so, uh, you know, constant trips to Huntington to, uh, search through microfilm archives at the, uh, at the old Marshall library. And, uh, you know, I can't thank their staff enough for the things that they've helped me find and the things they've helped me with. Uh, you know, I, it's just been, uh, it, it's been fascinating. Uh, you know, I, I hope, uh, if I can complete what I have in mind, that you know, it'll be something that people appreciate. It'll bring recognition to a lot more uh, former Marshall basketball athletes, and and uh, you know, it'll it'll make that history that everybody celebrates even more special uh, when we have uh, gatherings like Alumni Night tomorrow. It is Alumni Night tomorrow. J.R. Van Hoos is with us. Marshall faces off against Georgia State, and he's going to be there part of the Alumni Night celebration, Local Heroes Night. Just just to fall back on the history aspect just for a minute, as a history teacher, you have kids that are coming in, and, and some of them want to be there, some of them don't. Uh, I don't know if you can drill it down even further with, with sports, with athletes, current athletes, yeah, are you finding that there are, are athletes that really appreciate the history, or you know, do you have to you have to sell it a little harder, a little bit more for them to to really understand what came before them? Since it feels like we're in a now generation, we're in a now part of of life where it's if it's not now, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know that's uh, you know that's that's something that's very unique, and especially as a teacher. Uh, some of some of the things that I use to really try to get kids interested in in just general American history, you know, you try to you try to bring it home for them. Um, you know, so when we talk about things that went on in American history, whether it be the Civil War or uh, even you know, like today, uh, my classes, uh, my U.S. history classes that I have juniors with, we just got finished talking about World War II, and so. Uh, you know, what I was able to do, my great uncle uh, actually served during World War II and was killed uh, in the Pacific. And, and I have a lot of his things, last letters home and, and things like that. And so when the kids get to read those and you get to tell those stories, uh, you know, I, I just did I did something special today, just uh, a little lesson on my great uncle, kind of like what life was like here uh, when he was growing up and you know, what the process was that he went through getting into the army and going through basic training and then being sent overseas. And, you know, and then when you add things like pictures and last letters into that lesson, you know, it, it brings the, it brings that home, it brings that history home because it's not something that kids are reading about that happened far off away. It's they're getting to see somebody whose family experienced that loss during the war. And, you know, it, it, makes it a little bit emotional at times, but, you know, I think when kids can see that, you know, history affects us every day, uh, you know, it really comes to life for them. And, and just like, you know, trying to explain that, uh, you know, through athletics, um, you know, I, I, I have been so appreciative of the people that, that came before me who played at Marshall, you know, you know, for example, Charlie Slack, I mean, we got to be great friends and, you know, I can remember joking with him that, you know, I just hope to get over a thousand rebounds and not even worry about trying to catch his rebounding record. And so, uh, you know, we, we just had that bond and, and, uh, it brought us together and we became great friends despite the age gap and, and, uh, 
you know, that's what makes it so special. You know, he would share stories and now I can pass those stories on to the next generation so that they don't get lost and that people don't forget Charlie Slack and who he was and what he did and, and, and what he, what he did that made Marshall so special. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow with a lot of other favorites. Uh, I'm sure you're excited to see some, some familiar faces and some new faces, but uh, we need to do this again when you're closer to maybe unveiling what your project's going to be because I think a lot of herd fans would really be supportive and want to get on board with it and maybe help out where they can. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that you know, anytime I can come back and, and talk about Marshall basketball history and, and share some of the, the things that uh, that I'm working on, that would be fantastic. Good talking to you again, JR. We'll see you tomorrow at the game and uh, – just have your speech ready just in case. I remember one time Hal Greer giving a fiery speech uh, to a Marshall basketball team. Uh, I don't know if it was a halftime speech. I, I think it was. So uh, if this team needs a fiery speech, you've got yours ready, right? Well, you know, being in education and being a, a high school coach for 20 years, you know, I think I might have a couple in my back pocket that I could pull out. Okay. We'll definitely save it. If we need it, we'll, we'll definitely get it at halftime. JR, thanks for joining us, and we'll do it again soon, I hope. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, and go Herd. That's J.R. Van Hoos. Uh, we timed that just right because we are about out of time. I want to thank him for coming on the show today, tomorrow, during the Marshall game, it's alumni night. It's also local heroes night. And, of course, I think JR would qualify as both a local hero and, of course, he would qualify as an alumnus for the Thundering Herd. Probably one of your favorites. We'll revisit that in the future when we ask that question again. Who's your favorite Marshall basketball alumnus? With that said... That's going to do it for this edition. Back tomorrow, I will be with you at 6 o'clock here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And on 93.7 The Dog, it will be 6 o'clock for Huntington Federal Savings Bank College Basketball today. But this has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.